Hi guys, and welcome back to Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning, the NBC comedy show Father Knows Best, starring the famous, very famous actor, Mr. Robert Young. You may have heard Father Knows Best on my Thanksgiving episode, and if you haven't, I would recommend going back and listening to that episode first. This morning, we bring the Andersons to our show in their very first episode. In their pilot episode, we join the Anderson family as they sit down for breakfast as a family. And they are going through their life as a family when all of a sudden their two children come up and ask for money and to borrow the car. And Mr. Anderson says no, but they almost swallow their teeth when their oldest daughter, Betty, has some very shocking news that she has been proposed to by a young man. So, Mr. and Mrs. Anderson bring the young man over for supper that night, but the younger children are very upset because they asked their father for something and they were denied. And it is the pilot episode, and in the second episode, we join the Andersons once again in at the breakfast table one morning when Mr. Anderson is going over the Christmas budget and he looks over the budget and tells his family that they need to go on a budget. So he denies all three children money because they need to stay on a budget and get on one. And later on, Mrs. Anderson has a brilliant idea of getting them on a budget as a family which the family agrees to. I hope you guys enjoy the NBC radio show Father Knows Best and Mr. Robert Young as Mr. Anderson. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, from time to time, radio programs of vastly individual and divergent types are presented to advertising agencies, sponsors, and the broadcasting networks, each of them striving to achieve a definite and conclusive effect. There is, for example, The Mystery Show. (laughs) Programs of this sort are presented for thrills, suspense, intrigue. Then there's the comedy show. Hey, Louie, here's one that'll kill you. Why did the chicken cross the aisle? You give up? Because it was a cross-aisle chicken. (laughs) Programs of this sort are presented for laughs, for rib-tickling mirth, for genial good fellowship. The program you're about to hear, Father Knows Best, starring the eminent actor, Mr. Robert Young, is presented for the next 30 minutes.
in an average town, Springfield, on an average street, Maple, lives an average American family, the Hendersons. The husband, Jim, is very much in love with his wife, Margaret. And they're both quite fond of their three children, Betty, Bud, and Kathleen. Which, I should say, is average way for parents to feel. On this particular morning, which is an average sort of day, the Hendersons are ready for an average sort of meal, breakfast. Well, they're supposed to be ready, but you know how it is. The average mother calls... Jim, your breakfast is on the table. And the average answer is... Mother, I can't find my skate. Kathleen, come in and start your breakfast. Don't you understand, Mother? This is a crisis. How can I go to school without my skates? Eat your breakfast, dear, and we'll look for the skates later. Oh, but I have looked for them. I've looked just every place. They simply varnished. Vanished, Kathy. Did you look in the hall under the telephone table? Mother, that's practically the first place I looked. Well, how about the service port? They aren't there. They aren't anywhere. Oh, what am I going to do? You're going to eat your breakfast. I'll run out to the garage and see if you left them there. And don't use too much sugar on your cereal. Look way in the back, Mother, near the magazines. Oatmeal. That's all you ever get around here is oatmeal. How many times have I asked you not to leave your skates on the stairs? Oh, is that where they were? Oh, oh golly. I looked simply everywhere and I couldn't find them. Good morning, dear. Did you have a nice... Jim! What did you do to your chin? I came down the stairs on it. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, Jim, your poor chin. Isn't it wonderful, Mother? Daddy fell down the stairs and found my skates. I did not fall down the stairs. Please, Jim, hold still. How can I fix your chin? I will chin not have you... that child telling people I fell down the stairs. I tripped over her confounded skates. Is that the only place she can find to leave them? Well, she's very sorry, dear, aren't you, Kathy? Hmm? Oh, sure. Um, Daddy. Not now, Kathy. Have some coffee, Jim. It'll make you feel better. Other people have children and they have skates. But other people have discipline in their homes. Old-fashioned discipline. The kind of discipline we had in my home when I was a boy. There was a place for everything and Mom. everything in it. Hey, Mom. I'm sorry, dear. We'll try to do better. What is it, Bud? I can't find my other shoe. Where'd you put it? Look under the dresser. Okay. Is that where you generally put his other shoe? Sometimes. Mm. How do you want your eggs this morning, dear? Daddy, oh, I, I was just wondering... Kathy, this maybe... is a very bad time to bother your father. We'd better let it go for a while. Uh, shall I scramble them, Jim? Oh, yeah, but it's important, a... Mother. It's the most important thing in my life. What is? It's really nothing, dear. All it's... right, Kathy. Stop looking like Ingrid Bergman and tell me what it is. <laughs> I need two dollars, Daddy. I'm desperate. Two dollars? What for? Wings. What did she say, Margaret? She said wings. That's what I thought. <laughs> Why does she need wings? I have to be an angel. I told them I would. I just have to be. And they cost two dollars. It's the school play, dear. Kathleen said she'd be an angel. Well, I can see they're certainly not casting to type. <laughs> uh, Kathy, you get an allowance, don't you? If you can call it that, a quarter... When I was nine years old, I had to work for every penny I got. I couldn't walk up to my father and say, I want two dollars for wings. 
Were you an angel? I most certainly was not. Well, then, you didn't need wings. But I promised I'd be an angel. All right, then find a way to sprout wings without my two dollars. Oh, but, Daddy, I'll be just ruined. Oh, Mother, can't We won't you... discuss it any further, Kathy. Your father knows best. How will I face them without wings? They were counting on me. Morning, everybody. How's it? What happened to the squirt? Oh, just a minor tragedy. Drink your orange juice, bud. Say, Dad, I was just thinking... Bud, not now. Let your father read the paper. But I was just going to tell not him about... Not now, dear, please. Well, but I have to. Gosh, how much time have I got left? You don't mind if I get in on this, do you? How much time for what? Well, Dad, we're going on a picnic tomorrow. A whole bunch of us. Fine, have a good time. He can go on picnics, and I can't even have wings. Mm. You treat me like an orphan around here. Nobody even loves me. Oh, Kathy, stop being dramatic. Everyone loves you. Sure, but not two dollars worth. <laughs> Kathleen, your brother's not asking for two dollars. Your brother's not asking for anything. Except permission to use the car. Except permission to use... Except <laughs> what? Well, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. You see, we're, we're all going out in the country, and I told everybody... You're not going to use the car. Oh, but, Dad, if I don't, how am I going to go? You have a bicycle, haven't you? <laughs> when I was your age, I was traveling all over the state on my bicycle. With a girl? How can I, how can I take a girl on a bicycle? Jim, I just thought One moment, that... Margaret. James Henderson, Jr., you are 15 years of age, and young men 15 years of age do not go traipsing around the country with girls in my car. But everybody else does, Dad. I mean, they get to use their father's car. Joe Phillips uses his father's car... And he's two months younger than I am. I wouldn't care if he was three months younger and had wings. <laughs> you may not have the car. But you know your father doesn't approve of children driving automobiles. Children? If I want the car, I'm too young. If I want to go to the circus, I'm too old. I wish somebody around here would decide how old I am. We've decided you're too young. Now, that'll be all of that. I'll be an outcast. That's what I'll be. I'll be poisoned with every hunk of date bait in the school. <laughs> Me and a bicycle. But you'd better eat your eggs before they get ice cold. What a time to think about eggs. Dad, how would it be if no. I... No. But I was just going to... No. But you don't even know... No. Whatever it is, no. Oh, fine. The way I'm treated around here, you'd think I was an orphan. Copycat. I said it first. Quiet, squirt. Kathy, leave your brother alone and finish your milk. But I did say it first, didn't I, Daddy? I said it first and Bud heard me, and he's an old copycat. I am not. I wasn't even listening to you. You were, too. You heard me say it, and then you said it, and you're an old copycat. I am not. You are so. I am not. You are so. Quiet, both of you, quiet. Oh, Margaret, why can't we ever have a peaceful breakfast in this house? I'm sorry. I don't yeah. think it's asking an awful lot. When I was a boy, we had wonderful breakfasts, quiet breakfasts, peaceful breakfasts. We had respect for our elders. Sure, but you didn't have a kid sister like the brat. I'm not a brat. You're a brat if I ever saw one. I am not. You are so. I am not. You are so. Quiet! Good morning, Mother. Good morning, Father. What's the matter with her? I know. I was looking out the window at a bird. It was sitting on an egg. <laughs> How'd you ever tear yourself away? Dear Bud, 
such a lovable little moron. Betty, dear, you sound so strange this morning. Is anything wrong? Wrong? Oh, Mother, how can you even say that? In this lovely, wonderful world, how could anything be wrong? Hey, Pop, you better hide your wallet. This one's gonna be a pip. <laughs> If you don't do something about Betty, that child... if you child... don't mind, I believe I can manage my family without your assistance. Kathy? Yes, Daddy? As your father, I'm quite capable of handling my own financial affairs. It may be a strain, but I can manage. Yes, Daddy? And I would prefer that even in moments of stress, you refrain from addressing me as Hey Pop. <laughs> okay, Daddy. Finally, I believe I am as well qualified as you to recognize the devious routes employed by your sister in leading up to the announcement that she needs a new dress. That's telling her, Pop. What? I mean, Daddy. <laughs> You're all very amusing, but I don't need a new dress. Well, dear, are you sure you feel all right? I feel fine. Betty, you... you don't want any money? No, Father. Why? You don't want to borrow the car? Of course not. Well... <laughs> At least there's one sensible child in this family. Betty, I'm proud of you. Thank you, Father. Yes, sir. What this country needs is more children who leave their fathers alone at the breakfast table. I think I'll have another cup of coffee, Margaret. All right, dear. There you are. Thank you. Well, Betty, what's the good word in your little world? Oh, just the most wonderful thing has happened, Father. I'm going to be married. Do something. Do you want him close to this? Jim. I'm all right, I You're going to be fine, Ted. Just fine. Well, stop beating me on the back or I'll never be all right. Oh, but Mother told me... I did me... not tell you to break your father's spine. Well, you told me to pound him. With your hand, not your books. <laughs> Bud, you're going to be late for school. I get it. Come on, Kathy. Come on, where? You're going to school. I don't have to leave for ten minutes. Oh, that's what you think. Hey, stop pulling me, you brute. See I you have later, to get my All right, Betty. Now, uh, what was that newsy little item you dropped into the middle of my coffee? You? Oh, you mean about getting married. Isn't it wonderful? Margaret, did you know anything about this? Not a word, Jim. I still don't. Betty, you're joking, aren't you? Joking? Mother, do you think I joke about the most sacred thing in a woman's life? Jim, she isn't joking. That's right. Betty, you, uh, wouldn't mind giving us a little more information, would you? You know, just in case we want to get in touch with you later. I don't know what you mean, Father. Well, just for start, who is it? Who's who? The boy, my prospective son-in-law. What's his name? Billy. He's wonderful. Oh, Betty, not Billy Smith. Just wonderful. Which one is he? Oh, you know, Jim, the one who hates football players, the one Betty thinks is aesthetic. Aesthetic? <laughs> The one I think it is, that's a new way of spelling anemic. <laughs> Billy's delicate. You have to be delicate if you have a beautiful soul. Well, that's exactly what this family needs, somebody with a beautiful soul. <laughs> Margaret, I have to get out of the office. Explain to Betty that she'll be happier if she waits. Make certain, you know, the usual woman-to-woman -woman talk. All right, dear. Oh, you don't have to worry about us, Father. Billy and I talked it all over last night, and we both decided against a hasty marriage. We intend to wait. That's fine. I'll be home at the usual time, dear. All right, Jim. We're if not going to be married until Saturday. If you... <laughs> Saturday? Uh-huh. 
night. We were going to make it in the afternoon, but we decided to go to the basketball game first. <laughs> this is an emergency. Put your hat down. I'll put more than my hat down. Betty, this is the most ridiculous piece of conversation I've ever heard. Father, you mean you don't approve? Now, there's the first intelligent remark you've made since you got up. I most decidedly don't approve. But I don't understand. You've always liked Billy's father. You mean Hector Smith? Of course I like Hector Smith. He's one of my best clients. Why don't you marry him? But he is married. Betty, your father and I have always thought Just a moment, can... Margaret. I'll handle this. Betty, you're 17 years of age. You're in your first year at the university. You will not marry Billy Smith or anyone else until after your graduation. That's final. Graduation? But that's three and a half years. I'll be over 21. Why, why the best years of my life will be gone. Well, darling, we can always have Bud push you up to the altar in a wheelchair. <laughs> you're laughing at me, and I think you're horrid. You're just old-fashioned, both of you. You've forgotten what it is to be young and in love. You don't seem to understand that things are different now. Oh, Betty, nothing's any different. Things like that don't change. They do, too. Things change all the time. People change, customs change, everything changes, only you won't admit it. Oh, darling, why don't you listen to your father? Things are no different now than they were when we were your age. The young people wore different clothes and they sang different songs, but fundamentally they were the same, and even then boys and girls didn't rush headlong into marriage. Not until they were ready for it. You bet they didn't. They listened to their fathers. They were willing to benefit from a lifetime of experience. Why, when I was courting your mother, I mother. remember one... How old were you when you married father? Well, I... Yes, mother. I was 17. But that was different. Why? Well, because things were different in those days. The, uh, the people were different. The times were different. You said they weren't. Well, they were. Uh, some of them were. Some of them weren't and some of them were. Only the ones that weren't were more than the... Uh, Margaret. Betty, um, don't you think it would be a nice idea if Billy and his family were to have dinner with us tonight? Oh, Mother, would you? Really? Margaret, I don't want the Smiths for dinner tonight or any other night. I think the idea of a dinner for the Smiths is not only ridiculous, but unnecessary. I forbid the marriage, and that's that. Oh, Jim, you know you like having people in for dinner. The Smiths are very pleasant, and you might be able to sell Hector some more insurance. Yeah, that's right. I might have said. <laughs> but look, Margaret, I'm going to have a tough day at the office. I couldn't take a dinner tonight. Let's make it next week. Uh, next month. Dear, we can't put it off for even a day. I'll call the Smiths and see if they can make it. Shall I tell them dinner will be at 7.30? 7.30? What's the matter with 6 o'clock? I'll be starved by 7.30. Jim, it just isn't done. Well, it's going to be done tonight. We'll have dinner at 6. I'll ask them to be prompt, dear, at 7.30. And, Mother, can we dress? I mean, can I wear my new dinner gown? Can I, Mother? Oh, please, can I? Betty, there will be no dressing for dinner. But, Father, I... Mother, please. I'm sorry, darling. You know, I never contradict your father. After all, your father knows best. <laughs> It's been a long day for the Hendersons. The specter of a fair young child, married and gone before her time, has hung like a pall throughout the day. It would have, that is, if the Hendersons hadn't been so busy. Jim, you see, had a hectic day at the office. Six? Why, you robber, how about the two strokes in back of that tree? And don't tell me those snakes followed you over from the last hole. Uh -huh. 
at the office. Bud has been involved in the intricacies of a higher education. But Margie, it's helpful riding on a bicycle. What? Look at all the fresh air you'll get in, and the beautiful muscles. We could even... Margie? Hello, Margie? Hello? Kathy has been involved in serious plans for the future. What do you mean they don't take girls in the Foreign Legion? <laughs> I'll bet they do, especially without wings. You just wait, you'll see. Margaret? Well, Margaret has been very busy cooking an extra special dinner for the Smiths. And if there's one thing Margaret can do, it's cook. Yes, sir, Margaret, if there's one thing you can do, it's cook. That's what I always say. You see? Now we can proceed. Uh, proceed. Thank you, Hector. Would you care for another piece of pie? Oh, Margaret, please. I've already had two helpings. You have three. Kathy. <laughs> uh, how about another cup of coffee, Hector? Nothing like a cup of Margaret's piping hot coffee. Well, if you insist... Hector? I guess I'd better not, Jim. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, doctor's orders. Oh, sure, sure. Well, how about you, doctor? Uh, <laughs> Thank you, no. One cup of coffee is quite sufficient. Well, I'm a two-cup man myself. You know, I was reading just the other day... Jim, about a fellow it's to... not that we don't enjoy your informative little talks, but I was under the impression that this dinner had... Well, shall I say, a more or less definite purpose. Hmm? Oh, you mean... Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, I had a long talk with Heck before dinner. Jim, dear, I hate to interrupt, but uh, don't you think it would be a good idea if Bud took Kathy to the movies? In the middle of the week? I certainly do not. I... Th oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Bud, uh, how'd you like to take Kathy to the movies? Oh, boy! I wouldn't. I can't think of anything I'd rather do less. Well, that's fine. Here's a dollar. Have a good time. Oh, Dad, do I have to? Yes, you have to. That'll be enough of that, Kathy. But I'm surprised you ought to be glad to take your sister to the movies. I'd rather go with a gorilla. <laughs> you don't know what she's like. She never even looks at the picture. She sits around backwards and stares at the people. <laughs> They're funnier. I like to look at their faces. And come home right after the show. If I'm still alive. Good night, everybody. Come on, Stuart. Hey, stop pulling me. Why do you always have to pull me? <laughs> Lovely children. They mean well, I think. Uh, Mother. Yes, Betty? Mother, Billy and I have been talking and... Billy, you tell them. Um... <laughs> uh, we, uh... Would it be all right if we went to the movies? Oh, no. Oh, I should say not. We're here for a purpose, a very definite purpose. Yes, sir. We have a problem to discuss, and we're going to do it right now. Frankly, I think the whole thing is idiotic. Imagine discussing a ridiculous subject like marriage with these... these children. We're not children, Mother. We're quite adult. We have adult minds, adult bodies, adult passions, adult... William! <laughs> said before, Hector and I had a long talk just a little while ago. Right, Heck? Right. And we're in complete agreement on the subject, right? Right. We both feel that open discussion is the only sensible procedure in a matter of this sort, right? Right. Hector, stop being so agreeable. Right. I, I, I mean, yes, dear. Myron, Elizabeth, Hector and I have agreed on what we consider a very sound solution to the entire problem. 
We have decided to permit Betty and Bill to be married immediately. Jimmy! Holy cow! I've never heard anything so outrageous in my entire life. Hector, get your hat. William, we're leaving this instant. I'm not going, Mother. As soon as we... William! I'm 18, Mother. I've got a mind of my own. I love Betty, and we're going to be married. Well, I never... All right, now that's settled, you're going to be married. Oh, Mother, isn't it wonderful? I, I don't know. Yes, sir, nothing like marriage and responsibility to set a man straight. Uh, where do you kids figure on living? After you're married, I mean. Oh, well, uh, we sort of figured we'd move Mother, in. Mother, couldn't Kathy move in with Bud? Then Billy and that's I could have That's ridiculous, Betty. You've got to have a home of your own, a place for your roots to take hold and grow. Right, Heck? Right. <laughs> Gosh, that'd be kind of expensive. Uh, and on my allowance... Oh, uh... don't worry about your allowance, Billy. Married men don't go around taking allowances from their fathers. They don't. <laughs> of course not. They're too proud to be supported by their fathers. I'm not. <laughs> of course you are. You'll work, you'll sweat and slave, but you'll come home every week with a juicy pay envelope for your little wife. Isn't that sweet? But I, I don't know how to do anything. That's not so. Poets make a living, and Mother, he writes the most beautiful poetry. I'm sure he does, dear. Billy, recite the one about my hair. It's just wonderful. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> well, it is. Raven tresses on a lofty brow, swept by the winds of time. Isn't that beautiful? Well, you could get a small house. Uh, poet size. Say, Jim, I saw an apartment advertised the other day. Be just right for the kids. A uh, uh, hundred and a quarter a month, furnished. Of course, that's without utilities. You know, gas, electricity, telephone. And food. Don't forget food. That's right. And laundry and cleaning. Oh, they won't have to worry about that, Jim. Don't you remember when we were first married, I did all our laundry and cleaning and cooking. I'm sure Betty will want to do at least that for Billy. Won't you, dear? I guess so. Uh, Betty. Yes, Billy? Could I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> Privately? Of course. Will you excuse us, please? We'll be right back. It's all right, kids. Take all the time you need. We're in no hurry. Are, uh, are they gone? I think so. <laughs> Jim, we did it. Yes, sir. By golly, we did it. Oh, it was nothing, really. Jim, stop looking so smug. What was nothing? The psychological attack I planned for tonight. Yeah. You see, I felt our wisest possible course, from a tactical standpoint, lay in a feint to their left flank and a drive through the middle. Do you follow me? Yes, dear. Right up to the part where you started to talk. <laughs> Margaret, the whole thing is elemental. Yes, and very clever. We pretend to give our consent. That's the feint. Believe me, I almost did. Then we hit them with both barrels. The cost of living, the struggle for existence. They retire in disorder. Their armored units are smashed. Their rear guard is demolished. What a fight. Dear, dear, the enemy is back. Hmm? Oh, uh, come on in, kids. Everything all settled? I think so, Father. Hmm, pretty much settled, sort of. That's fine. Now, uh, what did you finally decide? You know very well what we were forced to decide. We have to wait. Why... Betty, I thought that you and Billy... Mr. Smith, you don't have to continue the ridiculous performance you and my father were putting on. Betty! 
Oh, Father, you can be so juvenile at times, really. A party for a hundred and a quarter a month. We know some kids have one for 45. You older people ought to get straightened out on the simple facts of life before you start fooling around with psychology. Jim, your mouth is open. Oh, well, uh, now see here, both of you kids... Just a moment, Jim. Betty, exactly what do you and Billy intend to do? Well, as long as our families are determined to exercise parental prerogatives, we'll just have to wait until we're financially self-sufficient. Right, Billy? Right. Well, I never... Well, Betty, how about how long do you figure it's going to take you and Billy to become uh, financially independent? Mm, a few years. Well, that gives us a little time to look around for a wedding present, eh, Heck? Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Jim. A couple of years, it's a long time. A lot of things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hector, how about another cup of coffee? Oh, thank you, Margaret. I think I can use one. You know, Margaret, I'm very relieved. I'm so afraid of hasty marriages. Don't mind us, Mother. Just go on talking as if we weren't here. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. It's, it's just that I was so afraid you were going to make the same mistake I did. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't exactly say you made a mistake, Elizabeth. Heck's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, well, thanks, Jim. Uh, you can send me a check in the morning. <laughs> I suppose I have been fairly fortunate. But, of course, people aren't always that lucky when they marry beneath them. I suppose not, but... When they what? Uh, uh, Elizabeth, we'd better go. It's, it's getting Wait late. Wait a minute, Hag. What I... was that crack you made, Elizabeth? Well, after all, my mother was a Stuyvesant. And I certainly... In other words, could... you think Betty isn't good enough for your son. I'm sure that isn't what Elizabeth meant, Jim. That's what she said. Well, isn't that what you said? Lizzie? <gasps> <laughs> Don't you dare call me Lizzie. Why not? If you can say my daughter isn't good enough for that... Puny excuse of a son. Now, just a minute, Jim. Writing poetry. What makes you think he's such a bargain? My boy has a fine head on his shoulders. What shoulders? <laughs> I've seen better heads on a small beer. <laughs> that's so. Yes, that's so. This is what comes from slumming. Slumming? Now, you listen to me, Elizabeth Smith. Your mother may have been a Stuyvesant, but my father spent half his life picking your father out of the gutter. And he wasn't lying down just because he was tired. I think I'm going to faint. Hector, I'm going to faint. Go ahead, dear. I'll catch you. You ought to be ashamed upsetting my mother with your vulgar insinuations. Vulgar? Why, you little pipsqueak... If you were my son, I'd vulgar you so hard you wouldn't sit down for a week. Fortunately, I am not your son. Peasant? Peasant? Don't you dare call my father a peasant, Billy Smith. Don't you dare. Well, that's what he is. He is not. He certainly is. Well, I'd rather be a peasant than a pipsqueak. Don't you call me a pipsqueak. I will if I want to. Pipsqueak. Peasant? I never want to see you again as long as I live. Well, you won't if I can help you. You're just an actor. Just a minute, dear. Say, Jim. I, uh... Sorry, I lost my temper, Heck. Oh, that's all right. Say, uh, Jim, that, uh, that thing about, uh... Say, Jim, that, that, uh, thing about picking Elizabeth's father out of the gutter is, uh, is that true? Sure it's true. Why? <laughs> oh, just wait till she pulls that Stuyvesant stuff on me again. Uh, well, uh, thanks for a lovely evening, folks. Uh, come on, Lizzie. Yes, dear. And, uh, Billy? Uh, yes, Father. 
Come on, pipsqueak. <laughs> well, we started with breakfast, and we might as well finish the same way. Let's drop in at the Hendersons at breakfast time the very next morning. The average children are still getting dressed. The average mother is racing around the kitchen. And the average father... Jim, where are you going? I got a rush, dear. Can't stop for breakfast. Just time to catch the bus. The bus? But I thought you Never said... mind what I said. Just tell Bud if he gets one scratch on that car, I'll brain him. <laughs> All right, dear. I'll be home at the usual time. Be a good girl. I'll try, dear. Oh, Jim? Yes? Uh, where did you leave the car keys? The keys? Oh, they're on the dresser. Uh, on top of Kathy's two bucks. <laughs> Jim? Now what's the matter? Remind me to tell you, you're an angel. I'm a dope. You are not. I've got witnesses. <laughs> oh, well, why should I argue? After all, Father knows best. Members of our cast are Robert Young as Jim Henderson, June Whitley as Margaret Henderson, Rhoda Williams as Betty, Ted Donaldson as Bud, Norma Jean Nielsen as Kathy. Robert Young will soon be seen in RKO's Baltimore Escapade. Ted Donaldson may be seen in Warner Brothers' Decision of Christopher Blake. Others in tonight's cast were Virginia Gordon, Herb Vigran, and Sam Edwards. Music was written and conducted by Roy Bargain. Father Knows Best was conceived and written by Ed James. Entire production under the direction of Herb Sanford. Bill Foreman speaking. Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your new neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House the coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. In every family, there are special days. Days which, though simple, will live forever in our memories. There's the day Junior had his first haircut. The day Dad backed into the garage door. Or the day Mother didn't back into the garage door. In Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, it's dinner time. And one of those days is in the making. It will be known, as long as an Anderson remains, as the day Father received the Christmas bills. Like this. It's outrageous, that's what it is. The most outrageous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Pass the potatoes to your father, Betty. Yes, Mother. Potatoes, Father. Uh, thank you. It's gotten so that Christmas isn't a period of joy and celebration. It's a plot to collect all the money overlooked by the government. <laughs> I've never seen such an assortment of bills. Kathy, won't you please eat your dinner? But I have to watch Daddy. I'm sure he'd much rather you ate your dinner. But I want to see the steam come out of his ears. The what? <laughs> well, Bud said when you saw all those bills... Holy cow, Kathy. I didn't mean it really would. I was just, you know... 
Sure was cold out today, wasn't it? Well, for certain people, it's going to get warmer. Much warmer. May I have the bread, please? Here you are, Dan. Thank you. Say, Dan. Look at this. $17.70 for mucklucks. Now, what the devil are mucklucks? The knitted slippers, dear. For $17.70? That's for six pair, Jim. I sent them to my sister Kathleen and her family. Oh, fine. And what did she send us? Five napkin rings painted by hand in the kindergarten of a school for backward children. <laughs> Jim, that's not the proper attitude to take. Oh, it isn't, isn't it? You don't see that brother-in-law of yours shelling out any 1770 for mucklucks, do you? I tell you, Margaret, we've got to realize that we aren't the Morgans or the Rockefellers. We're just plain, simple people, and we've got to act that way. Yes, dear. Say, Dan. When I was a boy, thrift was an important part of the daily life. The family worked together to see how little it could spend, not how much. They tried to help put something away for a rainy day. Not us. This family lives in a continual cloudburst. Dan. What is it, bud? As long as we're talking about money, I need five dollars. Bud. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. That's just great. I give out with a long lecture on thrift and economy, and all it does is remind my son that he needs $5. Now, why do you need $5? To be a bird watcher. <laughs> a what? A bird watcher. You watch birds. I wouldn't care if you watched elephants. <laughs> why does it have to cost $5? Well... You have to buy a manual. It tells you how to watch. And you get a button. And they have meetings every Tuesday and Thursday night. No. But, Dad, watching birds makes you alert. No. It gives you a better understanding of your feathered friends. No. And it's educational. No. Oh, gosh. You certainly want me to be educated, don't you? Yes. Then I can go? No. <laughs> oh. oh. Would you care for some more coffee, dear? I certainly would. Thank you. I'll bet Evelyn Finney's a bird watcher. You keep out of this, Kathy. Bud's got a girl. I have not. You just wait, Kathy, that's all. Just wait. Bud's got a girl. Dad. All right, Kathy, stop that and drink your milk. But, but I did. It's all gone. Well, get some more milk and drink it. <laughs> Gee whiz. And behave yourself. Now, where was I? The part about putting something away for a rainy day. Thank you. Rainy day. Oh, look, I don't want you to think I'm being stingy or that I don't want you to enjoy a healthy, normal life, but what's that? What's what, dear? On the buffet. Is that another album of records? Oh, you ought to hear them, Father. They're simply dreamy. You see, that's what I mean. A new album, and we've got so many records now we can join the Disc Jockeys Union. <laughs> Jockeys have a union, Daddy? How do I know? Well, you just said. I that... said if they had a union, we could join it. Why? <laughs> because we have so many records. Are you going to be a disc jockey, Daddy? No, I'm not going to be a disc jockey. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm an insurance jockey. I mean, <laughs> Oh, Kathy, drink your milk. I did. Twice. <laughs> well, eat your cake. 
I don't have any cake. What have you got? Jello. Well, eat it and be quiet. Gee whiz. Father, there's no need to get excited about the record. Now, don't tell me what to get excited about and what not to get excited about. You have no right to waste money on more records. But, Father... Five dollars for bird watchers and five dollars for records. They cost seven fifty. Seven fifty. Betty Anderson, you mean those records cost seven dollars and fifty cents? Yes, Father, Oh, but... that's fine. Just fine. We've got records you haven't touched in five years, but they're no good. You've got to buy new ones for $7.50. But, Father... When I was a boy, I couldn't buy a new record till the old one wore out. But, Father... I played Dardanella so long the fuzz on the turntable came through. <laughs> but, Father... And stop butt-fathering me. You have no right to waste $7.50 on records. But, Father, I didn't. I borrowed them from Janie Liggett. I don't care where you got them. You have no right to... Oh. Well, uh, where was I? Uh, rainy day, dear. Page two. <laughs> All right, laugh. Go ahead. The whole thing is a big joke. It's very funny. But I'm telling you right now, we're spending too much money, and we're going to cut down. Oh, Jim, I don't think we're extravagant, any of us. Okay, you're not extravagant. You just spend too much money. But we don't waste anything, dear. And we don't spend money unnecessarily. Oh, we don't, don't we? I suppose $5 to watch birds isn't unnecessary. If Bud has to watch birds, he can sit on the front porch and watch them for 10 years. It won't cost him a dime. <laughs> Holy cow. This family has to learn to conserve. We've got to make things do. Now, here, look at this. Another pair of shoes for Kathy. That's the third pair in six months. But, Daddy, I'm growing. Well, do you have to grow so fast? <laughs> Father! Oh, it's all right, dear. Your father's only joking. Sure, I'm only joking, Kathy. But there's one thing I'm not joking about. This family has to stop spending so much money. And we've got to stop running around. We're going to stay home and enjoy the simple things of life. We've got magazines to read, books to read. I spent $190 for the encyclopedia. And nobody's ever gotten past Marib to Mushy. Jim, there's one thing you don't seem to understand. Just a moment, dear. Bud, the phone. It's Cassie's turn. It is not. But I'll answer it anyway. See if I care. What is it you were saying, Margaret? Well, I was saying that there's one thing you don't seem to understand, that no one has even mentioned going out tonight. Everyone was quite satisfied and quite happy in this... Entire discussion seems to be absolutely pointless. Is that so? If I didn't put my foot down every once in a while, this whole family would go to pot. Nobody would ever stay home. Daddy, it's for you. Thank you, Kathy. It's Mr. Smith, Daddy. Thank you, dear. Hello, Heck. No, we were just finishing our dinner. The drugstore? Well, I hadn't thought about going down there, but... Pick up cards for what? You mean the game is tonight? Oh, well, uh, look, Heck, uh, maybe you'd better not figure on me for tonight. Well, frankly, I forgot all about it, and I got myself into a situation here. Yes, I know, Heck, but couldn't you get George Phillips? Out of town, huh? Uh, just a minute, Heck. Kathy, there's somebody at the door. 
Sorry, Heck. Well, look, there must be somebody else you can get for the game. There isn't, huh? Well, uh, I'll do whatever I can, Heck, but uh, it's going to be tough. Okay. Okay. But if I'm not there by 8, well, uh, you'd better call me. Okay, Heck, I'll see you. Ye gods, the things I get myself into. Is there anything wrong, dear? No, nothing wrong. Let's see. Um, what were we talking about? Nobody goes out tonight. <laughs> Well, of course, I don't mean that we have to live like hermits. Of course not, dear. There are circumstances when it will be necessary and proper for us to spend an evening away from home. A special picture that we won't want to miss, or a meeting, or uh, uh, something. You're so right, dear, but after that long lecture you just finished, naturally you don't mean tonight. Do you, dear? Oh, no, naturally not tonight. <laughs> We, uh, we'll all spend a quiet evening at home tonight. Daddy. Yes, Kathy? Daddy, may I please have a dollar and a quarter? You certainly may not. But, Daddy... You see, Margaret, that's just what I meant about discipline. This entire discussion about thrift and economy was absolutely wasted. Everything I said went in one ear and out the other. I spent 15 minutes explaining that we had to take it easy, that we had to cut down on our spending, and what happens? As soon as I stop to take a deep breath, Bud needs five dollars to watch birds, and Kathy needs a dollar and a quarter. Now, why on earth do you suddenly need a dollar and a quarter? To pay the paper boy. <laughs> oh. You know, for all his talking, Father wouldn't think of doing without that paper. It's one of those things that means so much to every day that comes along. And something else we count on, you and I, day in and day out, is coffee. I mean really good coffee, like our Maxwell House. Coffee you sit down to and enjoy, cup after cup. That good-to-the-last-drop flavor. You won't find it in any other coffee. No coffee but Maxwell House. And as you'd expect, there's a very real reason why. It's a recipe, the only recipe there is for that good-to-the-last-drop flavor. It's mighty important, that recipe of ours, because the flavor of the coffee you enjoy depends on the blend, the kind of coffees in it, and how they're put together. Now, coffee grows in many different varieties, and you can blend them in all sorts of ways. But there's only one way... One recipe for our famous Maxwell House flavor. And when all said and done, it's this recipe of ours that makes the difference. The big difference between just another coffee and the wonderfully good flavor of America's favorite brand. It's a difference you'll taste for yourself the very first time you pour a cup of our Maxwell House coffee. And I hope you will, tomorrow. Hope you'll start enjoying the coffee that's always good to the last drop in the white frame house on Maple Street, an hour has passed, and a long, long hour it's been. 
For Jim Anderson, the minutes have dragged by an endless procession. His active mind is buzzing with a weird assortment of masculine schemes, every one of them taken from the file headed How to Get Out of the House. A dozen fantastic plans have already been tried, and none of them has worked. But you've got to give Jim credit. The kid's still in there pitching like this. Margaret. Yes, dear? Do you have the correct time? Oh, I think so. It's, um, five minutes of eight. Uh-huh. Just what I thought. This doggone watch is on the blink again. Just won't keep time. Well, what time do you have, dear? Seven of. <laughs> well, Jim, that's a difference of only two minutes. Only two minutes? Margaret, do you realize the things that have happened in two minutes? Wars have been won and lost. The entire course of civilization has been changed. I, uh... I better have it fixed. All right, dear. As a matter of fact, as long as I'm not doing anything right now, I might as well run down to the jewelers. And, uh... It might take some time. You know how fussy jewelers can be about a watch. So, uh, maybe you'd better not wait up for me. Jim. Yes, dear? Christmas is over. The jewelers all close at 5.30. They do. <laughs> you mean, uh, all of them? Yes, dear. Oh. You ought to see the, the watch Joe Phillips got for Christmas, Dad. Boy, is that a watch. Shatterproof, shockproof, waterproof, heatproof... And it's guaranteed to last him a lifetime. But it won't. Why not? He lost it. <laughs> but instead of making bad jokes, why don't you go upstairs and do your homework? That wasn't a joke, Dad. You can say that again. <laughs> you mean the whole thing? But. <laughs> go upstairs and do your homework. Okay. You, uh... You wouldn't want to help me, would you? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of figured you wouldn't. Well, I'll see you later. Margaret, uh, I think I'll go out for a little walk. Why, Jim, it's snowing. Well, there's nothing wrong with a little snow. Does a man good to get out in the snow once in a while. The air crisp and clear, the ground all white. Peaceful. Jim Anderson, you're not going to tramp around in the snow at your age. I have enough to do without taking care of a sick husband. Uh... And stop pacing up and down the room like a caged lion. Father? Yes, Betty? I'll play checkers with you if you like. Thank you. But I'd rather see you doing your homework. Well, I don't have any homework. I finished it this afternoon. Well, go sew something. <laughs> or uh, read a book. And don't tell me you read a book. I'll spot you two kings. I don't need to be spotted two kings, and I don't want to play checkers. Um, Margaret. Yes, dear? Do you need anything at the drugstore? <laughs> no, dear, not a thing. We, uh, we're kind of low on toothpaste this morning. I got some this afternoon. <laughs> oh, you did. Uh, soap holding up all right? Just fine. Uh-huh. Say, I think I'll run out and get something to smoke. Yes, sir, that's just what I'll do. Jim. Yes, Margaret? I bought you a carton of cigarettes this afternoon, and there's a whole humidor full of pipe tobacco. I, uh, you know, it's a funny thing, but I just feel like smoking a cigar. <laughs> Jim, I didn't know you smoked cigars. Well, of course. After all, there's nothing like a good cigar. 
You know what Rudyard Kipling said, a woman is only a woman, but a good cigar is a smoke. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, Jim, be careful. Oh! Oh! Who the dickens moved the lamp over to this side? Oh, Jim, how could you? Well, how do you expect me to keep track of where the lamps are if you keep moving them around all the time? Anyway, well, I'm sorry, Margaret. I was just... Betty, be a good girl and clean up this mess, will you? All right, Father. And don't worry about the lamp, Margaret. We'll get it fixed or something. Our good lamp. Just look at it. Sticks lamps right in your way when you're in a hurry. Naturally, they get knocked down. Hello? Hey, hello, Heck. What do you mean, am I still here? Of course not. I left for your house 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Heck, I'm doing everything I can. I can't do it, Heck. I can't just walk out. Because I can't, that's why. I am trying. Well, stop worrying about it. I'll figure something out. Okay, uh, yeah, call me later. So long. Who is that, dear? Uh, it was Hector, honey. He uh, just uh, wanted to uh, talk to me. About what, dear? Is anything wrong? Oh, no. He uh, wanted me to come over there. He probably wants to talk to me about uh, uh, something. <laughs> like what, dear? Well, he, uh, it, uh, well, it's probably very complicated. <laughs> you, uh, you'd be surprised. I'll bet I would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you through with the newspaper, dear? Yeah, I think so. Well, I guess I'll sit down and read the paper. <laughs> That's a very good idea. Daddy. We're in the den, Kathy. Daddy, I just thought of something wonderful to save money. How much does water cost? Not very much, dear. Why? Well, it costs something to get it hot, doesn't it? So I thought if I only took one bath a week... Are you supposed to be taking a bath now? Uh-huh. Well, take it. <laughs> but you said we had to save money, and I thought if I only took... Kathy, go upstairs and take your bath. Gee whiz. You heard your father, Kathy. Now go ahead. First they want to save money, then they don't want to save money. Why don't they make up their minds? Say, did you see this in the paper? They're having a big meeting in the school auditorium. Tomorrow night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's uh, tomorrow. Jim. Father, I put all the broken pieces on the service porch, but I don't think they can fix the lamp. It's a mess. Thank you, Benny. You're welcome. Were you going to say something, dear? Oh, no, no it's all right. Mother. Yes, Betty. Have you seen the records I borrowed from Janie? Well, no, dear, I haven't. Where did you leave them? Well, I put them over there on Father's chair. <gasps> Father, you're sitting on them. I am? Oh, I <laughs> thought it felt kind of funny. Oh, Father, how could you? $7.50 worth of South Pacific, and look at it. Well, they're, they're only cracked a little, Betty. <laughs> Hey, look at this one. Only the front part of it's broken off. <laughs> you can still play the whole chorus, and that's all anybody listens to anyway. She'll never talk to me again, and I don't blame her. Oh, Betty, will you please stop that moaning and groaning? I'll buy Janie another album. And stop looking at me as though I went around beating little children. Yes, Father. Man tries to spend a quiet evening at home, and what happens? Lamps fall down, people stuff records under his cushions... I'll get it. Uh, Jim, please be careful. Margaret, I don't make a practice of knocking lamps down. Anybody listening to you would think I broke a lamp every day. Yes, dear, but 
Be careful just the same. Never liked a darn lamp anyway. Silliest looking lamp I ever saw in my life. Hello? Yes, I'm still here. Look, Heck, I told you in the very beginning I didn't think I could make it. Well, I did try. I tried everything but chloroform. <laughs> it won't do any good to call me back later. Why don't you just forget the whole thing? Jim! Just a minute, Heck. Uh, what is it, Margaret? Is that Hector again? Yes, dear, it's, uh, uh, Hector. Well, Jim, if it's really that urgent, why don't you run over there? You, uh, you wouldn't mind? No, but... If they can't get anyone else, why don't you have them come over here for the game? Uh, the game. Over here? Well, there's no reason why they can't play poker here. Uh, there isn't? Of course not. Oh, well, uh... Say, heck, how about playing over here? It would, huh? Well, fine. Oh, of course not. Margaret won't mind at all. Okay, see you in a little while. Goodbye. Margaret. Yes, Jim? I, uh... Well, you see, I'd forgotten all about this date I had with the boys, and, uh... Well, I told them to get somebody Just else, Just a moment, but, dear. Uh, Bud! You want me, Mom? Yes, dear. I want you to go to the delicatessen. Okay, I'll be down in a minute. Why does he have to go to the delicatessen? Well, you'll be busy getting the card things ready, dear, and there isn't a thing in the house. We'll have to serve something. Well, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Oh, no, but we'll need a few slices of ham and some liverwurst and bologna and cheese, a few loaves of bread, potato chips, pickles. Why do we need pickles? <laughs> There's no sense in running hog wild just because a couple of men are coming over to play poker. I told you at dinner, Margaret, we've got to cut down on our expenses. All right, dear, no pickles. <laughs> After all, father knows best. <laughs> well, pickles or no pickles, I'm inclined to think it's mother knows best when it comes to shopping for the family groceries. Uh, take coffee, for instance. Mother knows that when she buys coffee, there's just one thing that means real value. It's the flavor you get for your money that really counts. And these days, she understands it's more important than ever to get the most flavor for every penny you spend. And that's just what you do get in our Maxwell House coffee you get a full measure of that wonderful Maxwell House flavor. Good to the last drop flavor no other coffee gives you. And that's why more people buy our Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee. So when you put out good money for coffee, be sure you get the most in value, in flavor and freshness. You always will when you open up a pound of Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. The lights are out in the white frame house on Maple Street. The children are asleep, the guests are gone. The last chip has been put away, and the poker game is a thing of the past. Jim. Oh, you're still awake, dear? Yes, I've just been lying here thinking. How did the game go? Fine, just fine. <laughs> 
I guess I showed that Hector Smith how poker should be played. Bluffed him right out of two of the biggest pots you ever saw. Jim. Yes, dear? You know, I've been wondering about this sudden wave of economy. There isn't anything wrong, is there? Oh, no. I... Well, it was those darn Christmas bills. They really got me down. <laughs> Tonight didn't help much, did it? I mean, we'll have to buy a new lamp and records for Janie. Well, it won't amount to much. No, I suppose not. Including the food and drinks, I figure that the quiet evening at home came to just thirty-two fifty. Thirty-six fifty. No, dear, thirty-two fifty. I can get a new lamp for. Oh. You mean you? I certainly did. <laughs> Four dollars? And 22 cents. <laughs> Good night, Mark. Good night, dear. Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee. All pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy Instant Maxwell House instantly. Good to the very last you know what. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget, membership cards for the Robert Young Good Drivers Club are waiting for you at your local NBC station. Get a man-to-man -man or dad-to-daughter pledge and sign up today. Be a good driver. Get your membership card in the Robert Young Good Drivers Club today. Now until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Here are three top stars on Screen Guild Theater, next on NBC. Well, guys, that does it for Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show, Father Knows Best. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. I'm available on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should pull my podcast right up. I want to once again thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. 
join me later on tonight as we bring back to the show the famous actress, the queen of suspense herself, Miss Agnes Moorhead. And join me tomorrow night as I bring to the show Mr. and Mrs. Ozzy and Harriet Nelson in The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. And stay tuned for the upcoming weeks as I bring such stars as Kirk Douglas, Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis, and many others to the show. And once again, guys, have a great day. Thanks.